Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparosa. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I am your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, we are going to answer all of your questions that you tweeted over shortly after the New York Jets lost 27-17 to the Buffalo Bills in week one of the 2020 NFL regular season. We are going to stick with a similar format throughout the year. It won't just always be me on these Thursday episodes. We'll also regularly rotate in other contributors to our site and other NFL writers. But I do want to stick with the mailbag format pretty consistently because I love getting to react to some of those hot takes that come in right after a Jet game. So we'll go for about 25 minutes or so. This will be live every Thursday, and then every Wednesday we will have a new episode co-hosted by myself and Connor Rogers on the Badlands feed. Uh, Turn on the Jets.podbean.com. This week we talk with Jennifer Lee Chan about the San Francisco 49ers uh, and the Week Two game that the Jets have upcoming. So we do about a half hour reacting to Jets Bills, and then we do about 20 minutes um, covering uh, or previewing. Jets 49ers. So check that out at turnonthejets.podbean.com. That's $9.99 for a one-year subscription for all the content we got there. Here, this podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Please rate, review, spread the good word. Uh, And let's jump in to your questions after I give a couple thoughts, further thoughts on everything we saw week one. Look, I went into this game with very low expectations. I picked the Jets to go 6 and 10 this year. I thought they'd have, you know, a bottom 10ish offense. Uh, I thought they would narrowly cover but lose to Buffalo. I picked them I think to lose uh 21-16 or something like that. Uh so to lose but to cover. And the Jets technically, you know, they only lost by 10, but this game if you watched it was a blowout from start to finish. They should have lost by much more than they actually lost. Buffalo missed a pair of field goals. Uh Josh Allen missed a wide open John Brown for a touchdown. Uh the Jets got a garbage time touchdown when it was, you know, 27-10 and even their touchdown in the third quarter when it was 21-3 was pretty fluky and will probably encourage further bad habits of throwing wide receiver screens uh on third and long. It was about as bad as I've seen them look in the Adam Gase era outside of maybe the New England game. Uh, and that goes for Sam Darnold, too. Uh, you know, certainly the Jets have a very bad coaching staff. That's not new news here. Darnold has been able to periodically overcome that. 
this was not one of those days. It, there are always plenty of excuses to throw out for him that are very valid, but you got to call a spade a spade, and he was very bad against Buffalo. He missed throws. He looked this looked overmatched and skittish. He looked like a, a rookie, and you don't want to see that from a third-year quarterback. And whether fans want to hear it or not, if Darnold plays like that for most of this season, the Jets are going to be picking in the top three, and they are going to be picking another quarterback. Seems crazy to even be thinking about, and it's a long season. He's got a lot of time to turn it around, and I predicted Darnold would be the Jets quarterback next year. And if they get to six, seven wins and Darnold has more games like he did against Dallas last year, he'll be the guy. But if he plays like he played today, uh, you know, another six, seven, eight times this year, the Jets are going to do what they need to do to move on at the position. Joe Douglas didn't draft Sam Darnold. If the Jets are going to lose like this, no matter how stubborn they've been about the coaching staff, they will st- still probably move on. And uh, I don't know. It, it was uh, an ugly enough game where you step back and look at some of the bigger picture stuff and things are not going to get easier with the San Francisco Niners at 0-1 uh, coming into MetLife Stadium, the defending NFC champions. They are very banged up as well. Uh, the Jets certainly aren't getting any healthier as Le'Veon Bell will miss this game. Denzel Mims will miss this game. Blake Cashman will miss this game. They're all in the short-term IR. Uh, we don't know whether a guy like Abe Williamson is going to be back or not yet. Um, we'll see how it plays out, but the Niners are also banged up. It sounds like George Kittle will probably be a game-time decision. They have some issues at wide receiver. You know, They really struggled week one uh, to put away the, the Cardinals, who – our team and Jets are going to be playing sooner rather than later, too. Not a great year to be playing the NFC West. So a tough game for the Jets. Uh, as it stands now, I think they're about seven or seven-and-a-half-point underdogs and are really staring an 0-2 start in the face. Uh, let's start jumping into your questions. First one from FAX Chris. With two fumbles and two missed field goals, wouldn't the light really be on Gase to make the offense perform, or will Joe Douglas allow this standard till the season's over? Because uh, if it wasn't for a lucky screenplay, we'd have the worst showcase today of any offense. Look, I think if you candidly assess what happened today, Darnold threw for about 90 yards uh, when the game was actually in contest. He threw about 60 yards in that last garbage time drive. The Crowder play was a weird one. Um, I think you got to critically look at the tape and not you know, think the Jets scored a legitimate 17 points. And I, I know we've gotten a lot of questions around will the Jets – fire Adam Gase midseason if this continues and I don't know I don't see it the Jets have never at least in my recent memory since I've been uh, covering the team have fired a coach midseason it just doesn't seem to be something that they do and if there's a year that coaches might not get fired midseason it would probably be this one I'm not saying that they shouldn't fire him I would have fired him last year I wouldn't have hired him in the first place but I wouldn't necessarily anticipate them firing him firing him even if they start two and six or one and seven or or something like that. Question from Brian Fields. How do we have optimism heading into the rest of the schedule? Today was brutal, almost unwatchable. I would say it was unwatchable, actually. Any silver lining we can have? I thought Makai Becton played well in his debut. I think the offensive line was a little less of a train wreck than it's been in recent years, so that could be an encouraging sign going forward, especially considering the defensive line they went against. Marcus May didn't miss a beat in the Jamal Adams role. He had two sacks and a forced fumble. Uh, that position is going to make plays in the Jets' defense. Uh, like the energy that Bless Austin played with at corner, uh, Braden Mann is going to be punting a lot this year, which isn't good, but he's a good punter, so there's that. Um, and outside of that, there, there wasn't really too many bright spots. You know, Crowder you know, did what he did and played well. 
but it was uh, it was an ugly game, man. I don't want to let the defense fully skate here, and you know I understand Jet fans love Greg Williams after last year, but Greg Williams got circles coached around him by Brian Dabble. They came out with a very similar game plan to what they did in Week One last year. The Jets weren't ready for it; they didn't react or adjust to it. Uh, Pierre Desir playing 15 yards off and allowing all these catches in front of him on third and long. Uh, it was very difficult to watch, and I'm curious to see if Greg's defense regresses to the mean because throughout his career, it's been a lot of peaks, but there's also been a lot of valleys, and I do have to wonder if this year is going to be a bit of a valley after overachieving last year. Uh, next question from Michael Parsons, are we tanking, and if so, what are we tanking for? Uh, this question was kind of bubbling up a little bit right before the Bills game because when you really took a step back and looked at the Jets roster, they were trotting out and what they're doing this season. I, I don't think, no, I don't think the approach was to tank this year. I think the approach was to evaluate, add some potential pieces with some upside and um, see how it shakes out. Uh, I think they built a not very competitive roster that has now been hit with a few injuries and just doesn't have enough depth to deal with those injuries. And now it looks like, one of the worst, if not the the worst rosters in football. I mean, you're going to be trotting out Frank Gore and Chris Hogan in key roles next week. Uh, it's not pretty. Uh, if they are tanking, it's for a quarterback. I don't think they're actively tanking, but if they pick in the top three, top five, they're taking a quarterback. I wouldn't look at slicing it any other way than that, but hopefully it doesn't come to that at this point. Uh, next question. Uh, I got a few different versions of this. Um, if the Jets trade Sam Darnold, what's the lowest pick you'd take a fourth rounder? I don't know what Sam Darnold's trade value would be as of right now. Probably not that high or anywhere near as high as many Jet fans think it would be. You know, Josh Rosen went for, um, what, a second rounder after his rookie year, which was worse than Darnold's rookie year. But now Darnold has a little more tape on him and has still kind of been inconsistent. Depends how the rest of the year goes, right? You know, I think the ceiling, if, if the Jets are in a situation where they're trading him, that means he did not have a good third year. So best case scenario might be a second rounder, and that could be ambitious. It's probably like a third or fourth rounder, to be honest. But let's not let's hope we don't get to that point. Um, next question from Hugo: How much do you blame Joe Douglas for the current mess? If Quinton Williams doesn't improve drastically, should we trade him at the deadline? Um, Assigning blame is difficult because there's so many broken pieces of this organization. You know, ownership is what it is. It's not really something you could change. So that's one thing. They have a horrible coaching staff that this front office inherited. I do think it is somewhat of a mark against them that they didn't move on from them, but I'm not sure they had the autonomy to do that. So I don't hold that against them yet. If they keep them after this offseason, then I do. I think, you know, the Jets are digging out of a lot of really, really, really bad Mike McCagnon drafts, as anyone who follows this podcast and website knows. That's going to take some time. And I think Douglas did some good things this offseason, some, you know, forward-thinking things in terms of the Jamal Adams trade. And uh, I like the Makai Becton pick and the value. I like the value with the Mims pick, even though he's hurt right now. And, you know, some of the other moves they made I think were good. But they certainly didn't do enough at wide receiver. Um, I don't buy the lateral move nonsense from Rodney Anderson to Brashad Perryman. They needed more depth there. They should have drafted a second receiver. Can't convince me the James Morgan pick wasn't a total and complete waste. Uh, so he was not flawless, and he hasn't been flawless, right? Uh, but he does still need a little more time. Just like I would argue Sam needs a little more time, uh, I don't think Gase or this coaching staff needs any more time. And, yes, I do think if you could get 
I think last year there was a rumor, what, the Jets could have got a first-rounder for Quinnen. I don't think that offer would be out there this year, but if a team was willing to do that, hell yeah, I would seriously consider it. If we're at the point where he plays six or seven more games like he just did in week one and you have the first year of tape too, uh, I just think you could get what you think. You could – You'll be fine on the defensive line with Nathan Shepard and Foley Fayukasi and Steve McClendon and uh, Kyle Phillips and whatever other guys you rotate through. If you could get another high-value pick, I don't think you can. But if you could, I would certainly uh, consider it. want to remind you guys that winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At MyBookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice, the NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action, use promo code TOJ, and double your first deposit. New players get up to 1000 in free play, designed to add more. Excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code TOJ and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. All right, let's do a few more questions here before we wrap. Next question from Eddie Wu. I'm sure Joe Douglas doesn't listen to the fans, but do you think he's too focused on the future and ignoring the current state of the team? Is this basically a throwaway year to him? Um we talked a lot this offseason about this being an evaluation season. And what I think that means is that they did not over leverage themselves in free agency. They took a lot of one year flyers on guys to see if they could potentially be foundational pieces. None of the contracts they paid outside of Connor McGovern go into 2021. So it's a one year flyer on Perryman, a one year flyer on Fan, a one year flyer on Poole and Jenkins and Desir. And at the end of the year, I think they're going to say, well, Maybe we'll keep Fant, or I'm using it as a placeholder. Uh, the other four could go, and we don't have any money tied to them, so it's fine. I also think it's meant to evaluate what other elements are left over uh, of McCagnon's tenure here. The draft picks, guys like Quinn Williams, guys like Trevor Wisco and Blake Cashman, uh, for example, uh, waiting to get the levy on Bell contract off the books, which it absolutely will be moved off the books as soon as they possibly can, uh, and evaluating the head coach and the quarterback. Uh, the head coach, you know, seeing how they handle this situation, I think they certainly failed the test in week one and evaluating Darnold. Uh, it's not a slam dunk. Darnold's going to be the quarterback next year. I think he will be, but if he plays like he did in week one, the Jets are going to draft a different quarterback next year. Um, next question from NG94. Any chance Woody is forced to sell? Mets got lucky. Maybe lightning strikes twice. At this point, why do they even want the team? Man, do they suck. I feel you. I feel the pain. I, I, I empathize with that tweet. I think... Why do they want the team? I think they're like worth unfathomable amounts of billions of dollars. I think they're the eighth most valuable franchise in the NFL. So they're making money hand over fist. That's why they want the team. Um, I don't think he's going to be forced to sell. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with that, but I just think the reality is he's not going to be forced to sell. And if he did, he would just step aside and it would stay in the Johnson family and Chris would run it. So I wouldn't bet on a Steve Cohen savior happening anytime soon. Uh, unfortunately. So this is the ownership group that they have. I will say that they've won with this ownership group before. Uh, They were a good team from 1997 to 2010. They made the AFC championship game three times, made the playoffs seven or eight times. Uh, They won a bunch of playoff games. So they have won with this ownership group before. Uh, They've made a lot of bad decisions the past decade. 
Uh, they've put their faith in a lot of people who didn't deserve it, from John Idzik to Mike McCagnan to Adam Gase. Hopefully Joe Douglas doesn't end up on that list, but I wouldn't bank on a ownership change coming to save the day here. Next question from NY4. What in God's name did CJ see in the Gase interview? Left him saying, yeah, that's my guy. Paid Manning called him and told him to hire him, and that's what pushed it over the top. The Jets wanted Matt Rule. McCagnan and Heimerdinger flubbed it at the last second because they wouldn't give in to allowing him to hire his own staff. And then uh, Gase was the only guy left standing at that point in the coaching process. And Adam Peyton Manning call puts it over the top, and here we are. Uh, next question from Raj. You get the first overall pick in the 2021 draft. If you don't take Trevor Lawrence, you trade the pick for a haul. But if you do, what does Darnold fetch in the trade? If the Jets are in a spot where they have the first overall pick in the draft, you take Trevor Lawrence. Period. I don't even think it's a debate. Um, I think they get like a third or fourth rounder back for Darnold because, again, that's a future where – the Jets are picking first, which means they went like 3-13 and this year. And if they go 3-13, and that means Darnold played really bad. Uh, next question from Jared Scholl. Did Ashton Davis get any defensive snaps yesterday? The answer is no. That was another thing, uh, the flag. You know, Quentin Williams played 50% of the snaps, 57% of the snaps. Uh, Jordan Jenkins played 36% of the snaps and zero for Ashton Davis after all that gushing we heard about the three safety looks and him being a chess piece and moving around. So hopefully that changes next week, but we shall see. Uh, next question from Tommy Jets. In your opinion, did any team look as bad as the Jets week one? I don't think so. I mean, again, I didn't watch every second of every game, but I think a lot of people thought Jacksonville would be the worst team in the league. They beat the Colts. A lot of people thought Washington could be the worst team in the league. They beat the Eagles. Uh, the Giants for, you know, struggling. They, they were much more competitive against Pittsburgh than the Jets were against Buffalo. Um, maybe the Browns who lost 38, six to the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens are the Ravens are probably going 13 and three, 14 and two this year. Uh, so we'll get to assess the jets against the Browns later in the year, but the jets are certainly right now in the discussion for being the worst team in the league. Uh, next question from Greg Stangle. Hypothetically, if you fire Gase and Dow in season and make Greg the interim who takes over the offense, probably Jim Bob Cooter, which a few people tweeted over. These are not exciting situations. If the Jets are, if the, I don't think they will, but if the Jets do fire Gase, you would assume it would be in season. You would assume it would be at the bye week, which is after 10 games, I think, for them this year. So, you know, you're talking about does a two and eight Jet, who, who does a two and eight Jets team make their offensive coordinator for the last six games of the year before they fire every single person on the staff? So, yeah, it'll probably be Jim Bob Cooter with Greg as the interim. But if they're two and eight, honestly, who really cares at that point? I know it's depressing, but I mean that's just the reality of the situation. Um, from Sean Stevens, is Week One an overreaction? It depends what your reaction is. I mean, the Jets look terrific. They looked like a three and thirteen team, and Sam most troublingly looked lost. So, do I think they'll play that bad every week? No. Uh, do I think they could play like that again against the Niners, potentially? Uh, is it scary they have to play the Bills again and Patriots twice, who look pretty damn good week one? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of easy wins on the schedule. I know Jet fans have, like, the Broncos and, like, the Cardinals circled. The Cardinals just beat the Niners week one, and the Broncos, you know, I lost a tight win to the Titans, but teams are circling the Jets as the easy game on their calendar. So I picked them to go 6-10 and 10 after week one, after watching – I picked them to go six and ten before week one. After watching week one, I'd probably say four and twelve, uh, but that could change. Maybe they're more competitive than we expect against the Niners. So we'll see. It's one game. Uh, 
Last question. Do you guys think the Jets should go no huddle and pretend they are down big on every possession? I mean, look, the reason that the Jets moved the ball well before the half and before the end of the game is because the Bills were sitting in a prevent defense and allowing them to get some completions to run clock. I do think they should absolutely play more up-tempo, like we saw the Giants do a little bit Monday night, and we saw plenty, and the Bills do, and plenty of other teams. I'd rather have Donald running an up-tempo offense and calling the plays than 11 personnel, no pre-snap motion, no pre-snap shifts, up the gut on first down, up the gut on second down, wide receiver screen on third down. Can't win that way, so I'd like to see them try something different, yes. That wraps our week one edition of the Turn on the Jets podcast. We will be back Thursday with a new episode talking about answering your questions, talking about what happened in the Niners game, previewing the Colts game. Make sure you check out Badlands, which will have a new episode every Wednesday. Turn on the Jets will have a new episode every Thursday. From a site perspective, you know the rest of the schedule. 12-pack every Friday, initial reaction on Sunday, loss vent or gift up on Monday, and then all of our other great writers dropping in content throughout the week. Um, Make sure to check out Dan Eason's offensive statistical tracking. Make sure to check out Steven Russo's first and 10 piece. Make sure to check out uh, Matt Marciano's initial reaction that we released on Sunday. Uh, Steven Zance has another weekly column we got going out. We got Greg Armstrong on the pick six. There's a lot of content. Turn on the Jets.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week.